0: Run. Run. bum. bum, bum. She gives me everything and tenderly. Do you know this song? Yes. Can you sing with me? No. No. Well, then I'm going to just get my head into what we're going to deal with today. Can you keep singing? No.
1: I think everybody watching wants you to keep singing.
0: I don't know that I'm going to do it.
1: (laughs) Well, I will don't know
0: I will tell I want to know I, I want to know that you will join and when you will join I will see I don't know the words we can make this whole podcast done in song But if we do it you have got to sing too. I guess we're not doing the podcast in song. Oh, well, yeah as if everybody would like that
1: you. <laughs> 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 All okay, right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Draftsman Podcast where we talk about art stuff, we teach you stuff about art, and we sometimes, but never draw on the podcast. No, I never draw podcast. on the podcast, no. Yeah.
0: No, we talk. <laughs>
1: yeah. This yeah. is Marshall Vandruff. Hi,
0: I'm Marshall Vandruff.
1: He's amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to introduce me? Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry, I was caught up in myself. <laughs> this is Stan Prokopenko, the founder of Proko. Yeah, thank you. What do we got to talk about today or should I introduce that?
1: Um, well, I could start off by saying that I got an email from Raphael. is that his name?
0: Raphael. assuming we're pronouncing it correctly.
1: Don't know. And then I forwarded it to you because I thought it was a worthy email. I did too. And then you just took off.
0: I did. <laughs> when you get a question this sincere and this thoughtful, it evokes a response in like spirit. Should I just start reading it? Yeah, it's very long.
1: Okay, now it's very long,
0: so I've taken out some including some personal, actually I've left some personal things in here, Raphael, I hope that's okay.
1: Well, he said he started off by saying that he
0: has a question for the podcast, right? I'm writing you to suggest a topic for your podcast and maybe ask for some advice. The topic is frustration and how to deal with it. I know many people complain about frustration with their art, but they also don't put in the study and the hard work to improve I swear to you that is not my case. So, let me give you some background. I'm 34 years old I've been taking drawing lessons twice a week since November 2014. I'm a freelance translator and I work from home. So Whenever I'm not working, I'm studying and practicing once I started taking classes I absolutely fell in love with drawing And I'd say I practice three to four hours a day, at least five times a week, every week for the first three years since I started taking classes. Since mid-2017, I have gone up to six or seven hours daily. Wow. I know. (laughs) (laughs) However, my progression has always been extremely slow. This is in bold. Due to the amount of hours I put in, I hoped I would be much better than what I currently am. So, my question is this, how the hell does one deal with this frustration? What am I doing wrong? Seriously, I often wonder what the hell I'm doing with my life. I don't even know why I haven't given up yet. I hate 99 out of 100 drawings I make and I'm lukewarm at best about the ones I like. Every time I look at them, all I see are the flaws. Did you guys ever struggle like that? Is that normal? Is it just a matter of time? Do I have to struggle like this for like 10 years or something to finally see some solid results? My drawing instructor says I'm overly critical and that I push myself too hard and he says that that is what is stalling my development but I don't get it. Maybe I'm studying the wrong way, maybe I'm just not cut out for it, I don't know. All I know is that I'm desperate. Let me tell you how I study so you can have an idea. Okay, we've got the problem. Oh yeah, but he's also going to cover for some things. Like we said, well, you might be studying the wrong materials. You might be going on these some of these trendy. He said, "Let me tell you, I study, so we can have an. I- you can have an idea. I try to stick to gesture and form. I go to the books and try to study the basics of that structure. I have a huge library with Andrew Loomis, Bern Hogarth, George Bridgman, etc. So I don't think the authors I've been reading are the problem here. Then I go back to the drawing and try to finish it. Every time I correct something, I notice something else that's wrong with it. And by the third or fourth attempt, I'm already. Fuming with rage, so I go outside and smoke a cigarette to cool off Then I start over rinse and repeat at this rate. I'm afraid I'm gonna get lung cancer before I get any good (laughs) And that is basically how I've been living every day for the past two years Please help me figure this out. On Instagram, sometimes I post something just to delete it five minutes later when I notice a mistake. Plus, I've had like four or five Instagram profiles over the last few years. Sometimes I get so self-conscious of my drawings that I delete the whole account. Anyway, thank you very, very much for taking the time to read this. I hope you decide to make an episode about this topic. Well, maybe if not an episode, at least 10 or 15 minutes.
1: (laughs) Well, we might do a full episode. Okay. But definitely at least 15 minutes. We've already spent 10. (laughs) <laughs> reading it <laughs> Well, that was a very well-written email. I it, feel it.
0: Yeah, he put a lot into this.
1: Yeah um, Well, go ahead Marshall you've prepared for days for this. Well, actually I just read it last
0: night <laughs> but, uh, I've got at least three things to, to throw in here the first one is that it does take time to develop talent, and
1: what? No, wait, it, it, talent? It, no, skill. It, it, it takes time to develop
0: skill. It takes. You're right. You're right. It takes time to develop skill. That's that's well not, not corrected. Time. It takes right. time to develop skill. Yeah, kudos. Who's wise now? Yeah, you, <laughs> me. Ooh, I'm rooting me, for you. I'm
1: the wise guy. <laughs> hey. That didn't sound desperate. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> oh. Comment below about how wise I am.
0: (laughs) Raphael, and everybody, all of you, because I have a feeling in reading this that a number of you are saying, "Uh, yeah, wouldn't it be horrible if some person who had a great deal to offer the world had a teacher tell them, nah, you're just not fit for this? It has happened. And it has happened that some of those people have gone to do, to do greatness because they've got something to rebound against. Are you about to tell them that? Pardon? Is that what you're about to tell him? No, I'm okay, just saying good. That, uh, to, to, to look at you when you're in development. Well, let's use the ugly duckling story. Hans Christian Andersen wrote that ugly duckling story uh-huh. and it is stuck with people because it, it means something that is that you cannot tell in the early stages necessarily. What this animal is going to be and it's going to be a greater animal than the others, but it's also going to be more difficult Sometimes the most difficult pregnancies result in the best Babies <laughs> there's, an, there's another uh, you know uh, in in the magician's nephew one of the Narnia Chronicles uh, There was a horse I think it was Fletch that that grew wings and uh, I think the author of that C.S. Lewis said might have said it somewhere else that if you were a horse and you were gonna grow wings There would be a stage where the wings were really ugly looking. There would be little nubs, there'd be things that get in the way, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But having to see through those stages. So what if this takes you 10 years and you emerge glorious? There is the first thing. I don't know and Stan doesn't know and your peers probably don't know and you may not even know but that's the first thing, the possibility that you're going to do great work and it just takes a long time to get to it. That animal analogy is not a bad one either. You know, somebody said that if you build a cage for a, a, a cat and the cat wants to outgrow the cage and if it's a tiger and you built this small cage, uh, I think that some animals will stop grow. they won't realize their full size because they've been enclosed. And who decides what kind of animal you are? You are the one who decides what kind of animal you are and if it's just that your your Period of development is longer than other people's it may be that some great stuff is coming out I want to pause after mentioning that before going on to the other things you have any thoughts about this
1: Um. Yeah, well first of all I looked at his work, and it's not bad Have uh-huh. you seen his I Instagram? haven't seen his work no. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's the first thing I did was like, okay let's see if he has a reason to be frustrated, I mean he, he does, he has a reason to be frustrated but it's like is it really that bad that he would describe it this in this way mm-hmm. or is it more of just that he, it's a personality thing where he just gets frustrated all the time and he's too hard on himself. And I found out
0: from looking at his Instagram that he's just too hard on himself. Uh, one of the chapters in Eddie O'Connor's psychology of performance is on being the perfect perfectionist. And what they know about perfectionism is that perfectionists tend to do better work and perfectionists pay a price personally, emotionally. They Mm -hmm. suffer more. Uh, The most extreme example, we may have talked about it before, Kubrick. He was a perfectionist, he was obsessive compulsive, diagnosed as such. His wife said that he wished that he had been more productive. So there was pain involved in it. But you can also turn right around and say, "Yeah, but nobody did a string of movies in the late 20th century that have had more impact on filmmakers and have been more revered as as a body of work." Yeah. So there, th- that that chapter though on being the perfect perfectionist has some useful things for perfectionists. I'm not going to elaborate on it right now. I yeah. want to carry through with this. But
1: it's not just an emotional impact. I mean, on him for him, it's a physical one too. He's smoking
0: because of it. Yeah, it's turning into it, it, more. It's
1: yeah. I think that you need to compare yourself not to yesterday, not to the you yesterday, but to the you 10 years ago and see if there was progress because sometimes progress is so slow that it feels like there is no progress but if you go, if you look back far enough, you'll see that there is actually progress. It's just very slow or it's not just very slow, it's a normal pace of progress but to you it feels like nothing. Oh, yeah. I would stop judging yourself on where you want to be right now Mm -hmm. because you're always going to want to be better and judge yourself based on where you were.
0: Yeah. In the movie Young Sherlock Holmes, uh, Holmes has a fit at the beginning because he's practicing the violin and it had been a real short amount of time and he said, I should have mastered it by now. Uh, Everything is harder, more expensive and takes longer than it seems like it's going to be when you start out with few exceptions. Uh, so yes, let's let's take a look. Though it would be horrible to say now nah, you don't have talent. Uh, it would be horrible to say yeah give up. It might be horrible to actually give up because you're going to deprive other people of what you have to offer. But if you're going to be courageous, you may at this point of frustration look at the possibility, what if I'm not fit for this? You're asking that in here. Uh, I have a few questions about that. One is, how would you know? How would you know that you don't have talent? It may be that I have worked so hard at this for 10 years and I've seen such a tiny amount of progression that I conclude that I don't have talent. But I'd say that you should be the one to decide that. What would be the criteria to say, the gavel has come down, I have m- the verdict is in, I don't have talent, I'm going to move on to something else. I would start with that so that you've at least got something you can say, I don't need to make my decision until later. I know of a writer who said that he was going to give himself 10 years to master his craft and in 10 years he had not mastered he his craft. He master so, so, it ever. But he gave, he gave it another 10 years. <laughs> and, then, and then he mastered his craft. Wow. What do so, you mean he mastered? It? When do you know
1: you've mastered it?
0: When you when you write as well as you know you can write. To me, that's what is uh, mastery is when you can do it as well as you as you imagine doing it.
1: Okay, and as you imagine. You are imagined. in, you so are in no, charge. Like, standard by which every artist need is judged on. Right. When you, you decide, like this is a master,
0: this is not. We know that we're not masters if we want to draw hands, but we can't so we cover them in sleeves. We know that we have not mastered that. The hand has mastered us rather than we've mastered the hand. Have I mar- uh, have I mastered hands? I think so. No, I haven't. Oh, well, well it's, again, it's... <laughs> but if you want to draw hands, you don't say, well, I'm not gonna do it because I, I'll just but cover I them up. But I haven't mastered it. Okay, well, here's right? where...
1: Like, I can't draw it from imagination from every angle of every single type of hand. There's still so much I could improve on in drawing hands.
0: Okay, so we're, we are, we are do, but do we tug of war on what the word mastery means? Because
1: no, no, we don't. My point is that you can always improve. And yes. so if you judge yourself based on if you know everything mm-hmm. or if there's something you can improve on, then you will never be good enough because there will right. always be something you can improve on.
0: Yeah. There's another, uh, another phrase that uh, from that same author, uh, um, C.S. Lewis, is being pleased but not satisfied. That's okay. a that's a great yeah. one that it's I good. can say, I did a good job. It isn't as g- it is good as I can do, I want to do better. But instead of only looking at the thing that needs to be punished, looking at the thing that needs to be excoriated, focusing on that, that can become negative spiraling energy. Yeah. Whereas to can say, good. It's the same way when we're kids, right? The first steps that a kid takes Everybody applauds. The kid knows that they're all happy that I've done something great. The kid is beaming. But But that first step sucks. (laughs) It's a horrible step. Yeah. (laughs) It's followed by a fall. Can you imagine?
1: I hope that I'm never satisfied with my current level. I hope I'm not like, oh, well, I can't do better than that. Yeah. I like learning. I like improving. If I know I can't get any better than I am now, I'm going to be very depressed because it's like, oh, yeah. I've peaked. Hmm.
0: Well, Raphael is up against, should I, is this even worth it? Should I even be doing this? Stephen King has a, an essay on how to be a writer and I think he's got 10 things, 10 maxims and one of them is be talented. And he talks about how (laughs) if you send out six manuscripts and you're rejected for them, do you give up? No, not after six. Not after 60, because there's too many stories of Bob Mankoff's story about how many... It was thousands of cartoons that he submitted to the New Yorker before he got hired for his first New Yorker cartoon. And Stephen King says, what about 600 maybe? And then he says, 6,000, my friend, If you have received 6,000 rejection slips, you might consider going into computer programming instead of trying to be (laughs) a novelist. Uh, There does come a point and that's what I, that's my first appeal is where do you draw the line to say I should give up? You're putting a lot of energy into this. You could put it into something else. Is this worth it? You decide but the first thing is how would you decide? How would you say I don't have talent for this? Second thing. This is if you're going to be courageous, you're going to face, maybe I don't have talent. Uh, what would that mean to you? Would it mean your life was over? Would it mean that if I can't draw, it isn't worth it to do anything? Or would you replace it with someone else? I hardly ever make images anymore, I miss it, I'm sorry about it. But I found that there were too many students that were claiming me as a teacher and I was being encouraged to teach more. And I essentially segued from being an illustrator into being a teacher and I, I don't regret that. Alan Moore is a better example. Alan Moore set out to be an illustrator. I don't know if you knew that. No. Have you ever seen his work then? No. Okay. It was uh, very much like Robert Crumb yeah. and it uh, had an underground uh, comics quality. It was, it was good. He could have been a professional but he decided at some point that he was the writer As opposed to the illustrator and if he hadn't decided that There'd be no Alan Moore writing the comics that he has written So if you do come up up against I'm not a drawer What's what does that mean to you is it mean you can do something else? Uh, Do you have something else that that even this can contribute to you may know so much some of the least impressive drafts people are some of the best teachers of it. Just like some of the least impressive musicians can be very good music teachers because they light the fire with someone else whose talent blazes. Uh, so that's the second thing. What would you do, what would it mean to you if you, if you uh, decided I don't have talent, I've got a third thing. How would you know that you do have talent? Uh, I have a couple things I would point to. Do you get images? In your imagination, do you image stuff that you say, I want that to be given birth? Does it make you feel like this is worth working for? If you don't have images in your head of what you could do, well, almost everybody I know that I would deem talented is someone who does, they they get images in their head. And that makes them want to pursue them. Uh, if you're a musician. But you say, I want to learn my craft, I want to learn the skill of composing, I want to learn the different instruments. Well, are you a composer? Do you get tunes? And then when you get the tunes, do you get ways of which they, they could interrelate to each other and harmony ideas? That would be if you do say, Marshall, I have images in my head and they are vivid to me or even if they aren't vivid to me, I know they're good that would be like the guess that i think i'm pregnant i think there is something going on in here and i would say that would that would be the suspicion that you've got talent yeah but if you don't get images
1: you in your head that th- doesn't it doesn't mean, mean that you don't have talent
0: pregnant. i i would yeah i would not i mean <laughs> you can be you pregnant you should
1: take a pregnancy test either way
0: you couldn't you could be pregnant and not know it <laughs> yes but if you feel something stirring in there So, I might be pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) You you might be, Stan.
1: (laughs) It's just after lunch. (laughs) Oh, I'm just full.
0: Yeah. Okay. Or here's another way. If you say you don't get uh, images, this is close to it though, do you envision doing your best work? See, I can't do it now. Every child has this happen when they say, I want to do it. They want to try it on their own and that impulse is natural and I think it also happens with artists that you get this Again, I, I use the word imagination that I could do this kind of stuff. It most often happens as it does with us as people because we're apes. We see grown-ups doing things, we see other people doing things and we say, I want to do that. And so, when you see these art parents that we've talked about and you say, I want to be like that and then you start to work toward it and you, you've got a, a sureness, if I just keep working at it, it'll go. So, again, it's a suspicion. Now, you are chasing this suspicion the way a detective would chase a clue and you're, you're working on it. Uh, okay, that's the, that's the last actually uh, about the last thing that, that I have to say. The rest of it would be wrapping it up.
1: Okay. Um, a few things I wanted to say. I think that none of this will help him get over the frustration.
0: Right. <laughs> that's where we're headed.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I was saving this as one of my things. Yeah. for a future episode. I finished the book called the, um, the Art of Learning. Mm-hmm. I think it would really help Raphael to read this because it's a lot of it is about your mental state in how you learn and how your mental state really really determines how fast and how good you learn. How good you learn is that? How well you, how learn, well you but learn. Good is fine. Yeah good yeah. is good enough. So read that book Raphael it might really help you. Um, it's The Art of Learning by... Art of Learning. Josh Waitskin. Yes, Josh Waitskin. He's the, the subject of the book and movie Searching for Bobby Fischer. Right. So he you was a child prodigy, that. the ch- chess... That's right. Yeah, so he wrote this book of The Art of Learning. He, he since that, he has become um, a world champion uh, in, in martial arts. Uh-huh. So, he, he's not just good at chess, he's good at, a lot, um, you know, other things that he, so he knows how to learn. But he also yeah. knows how to explain how he does. He, he knows how to explain it very well. It's a very well written book but I'm still gonna save this for one of my things. Okay. I just wanted to recommend it to him now because I think it really, really pertains to him. Um, so, the mental state he's in, that frustration, I think is, is hurting his progress a lot. I think his teacher is correct.
0: I think his teacher is correct also.
1: Even if his drawings do suck, the frustration is still gonna hurt his progress. I don't think his his drawings suck but even if they did, I think you need to figure out how to get over that frustration. Start meditating, do some yoga, whatever, figure it out on your own what is
0: gonna work for you but the frustration thing has to be solved. Some, uh, some friends of mine that are great caricaturists uh, said that they don't like to uh, just look at still photographs. They like to see the person move, like to see how they hold their energy. And your teacher is in the room with you. The teacher that you've mentioned is, picks up your vibe. Uh, the teacher that is, is a doctor who has looked at you and can say, here's what I think is going on. I, you're getting confirmation from it because there's been a lot of clues of that in here. Clues about what? About that his attitude or not attitudes, emotional state. My instructor, my drawing instructor says I'm overly critical and that I push myself too hard and he says that is what is stalling my development but I don't get it. Yeah. Well, that's something worth getting, that's something to really pay attention to yeah. and work on that.
1: It might not be the only thing that's mm-hmm. stalling it, there might be other things but I definitely think it's a huge part of it. Yeah, mental state, if you're positive, if you got that energy and you believe in yourself you will perform better the best athletes believe in themselves. They know they can do it if you start doubting you perform worse That's right So name a top athlete that has no confidence and doesn't believe they can actually succeed
0: The, d- the danger here though is we can start uh, I can start recommending other resources like Eddie O'Connor's psychology of performance sure. also uh, I know that the book mastery that Stan likes a lot by Robert Greene. Robert Green? yeah. yeah. Is, is, uh, the the other book, George Leonard's version of mastery is a short book that can be read in one sitting. And whatever you say is mastery, the ability to do something easily, uh, and and you control how it goes. Uh, there are three personality traits that are obstacles to mastery. One is being the dabbler. The dabbler is the person. Who tries it and finds out it's hard drawing is hard. I've been at it for six months I haven't gotten good. So I'm gonna do painting instead. Oh painting. Oh, yeah, this is great But painting oh, when it starts to get this stuff about <laughs> core shadows and reflected light and value control It's hard. I'm gonna do skiing. Yeah. I'm gonna do scuba and you move from one thing to another and you always drop out because you're a dabbler the hacker is a little different the hacker is a person who reaches a level of skill that is good enough and says, great, I'll just keep doing the same thing over and over. I can do these charcoal portraits and it's always the same procedure and I never grow mm-hmm. and that means you don't you don't drop out, you camp out. You camp out on a level of progression. A lot of teachers are hackers. Uh, you know a hacker if The hacker does not like to be in the presence of people better than them because they feel shown up. It's like I've got my little domain here, I don't want to be shown as someone who's uh, at a lower level. Okay. You're not a hacker because you're still working on this.
1: (laughs) You're "You're not good enough yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You are the third enemy of mastery which is the obsessive. The obsessive is the one who when they work they say, I'm getting better, good, that's consistent with my self-esteem and then they keep working, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting better, I'm, uh, something's wrong, I'll work harder and they work harder and then they get better and they say, ah, now I'm back to normal. And then they're going to go through a whole other stage of having to assimilate this next level during which they will be miserable. And so, the problem with obsession is that rather than dropping out or camping out, you burn out. You can only handle that for so long before you don't enjoy the process anymore. And my older brother who has been an avid surfer all over his life, every time he injures himself including some serious injury surfing. Soon as he heals he goes back and then injures himself again and always says it's worth it It's worth it (laughs) and he uses a lot of surfer analogies And one of the things he told me is that you cannot plan surfing Because you don't know what the next wave is going to be So there's a there's a secret attitude the attitude is when you ride you enjoy the ride And when you're not riding You enjoy waiting for the next wave And this is pretty much what uh uh, George Leonard mentions in Mastery, is that the, the secret is to enjoy these plateaus where you're not growing and... How? And, uh, <laughs> How the hell do you do that? There's a few things. There's things we've talked about in this podcast. Make it in an environment you like to be in, okay. where you've got your, your, your best stuff around it. Make it a social thing. So, it's people that you enjoy just being in their company, so even so if even you even fail with,
1: you had a good time.
0: That's right. You, <laughs> yeah. you were with your friends. Uh, make it a game. Uh, give yourself some rewards. Also, hey, 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 the secret is here. You already said it. Raphael, I'm going to use your own words. We're in, in holding you in court. You said, (laughs) I absolutely fell in love with drawing. Ooh, guilty. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Uh, now that you're married to drawing, uh, you find that the honeymoon is over but there's still the, uh, (laughs) You, you fell in love with drawing, there was something in it that you really, I fell in love with drawing too. I remember I was in high school when I fell in love with I was walking around thinking I want to do this all my life. You also said something else in here, you said, did you guys ever struggle like that? Is that normal? Well, first of all, did you guys ever struggle like that? You don't want to know, maybe you do want to know. I, I've had a 10 year stretch of drawing with students thinking this is the worst drawing I've ever done but wait till next week and it'll be worse. It was just, (laughs) it was amazing how, how (laughs) awful they were but I had to remind myself, just enjoy it. Just try to enjoy it. And then there did come some points where there were, there was 2014, one of my students pointed out, hey, you've reached another level. Getting up to those next plateaus, yes, the answer is yes, I have struggled like this. Have you? Me? Yeah. Yes. Not like that, no. No. Yeah.
1: I've I've had the opposite issue. I was delusional <laughs> of how bad I was. <laughs> Which I think is a better problem to have, honestly.
0: It's an easier
1: Because you're, you have a positive attitude yeah. going in every time you're like, oh, I'm gonna kill this one, I'm gonna be so good. And then you do a drawing like, yeah, this rocks. And then you just yeah. have motivation to keep going. You know, eventually you got to calm down and realize that. But
0: when you <laughs> don't know what you don't know, you can be in that childhood state Yeah, I'm just having a ball.
1: Yeah. They're both problems that need to be addressed but I think it's better to, yeah. to be overly positive.
0: Raphael is over there on that other extreme. Now you had another question. Is this nor- is that normal? It's more normal than most people would let on. Uh, the story apocryphal or not that Michelangelo had with his uh, one of his assistants burn all of his preliminary drawings And the assistant asked why and he said I don't want people to know that I had to work that hard That is there the idea is I want people to feel like I was just a god. It just came out mm-hmm. of me Yeah, and uh, I think that not everybody even or even remembers you know, How do you remember how hard it was to read and write? Uh, I I think that it's more normal than most people will let on. But then the third question, is it just a matter of time? Do I have to struggle like this for like 10 years or something to finally see some solid results? I think you should see some solid results before 10 years.
1: But the word struggle though, you don't need to struggle at all. You can enjoy it starting tomorrow Mm -hmm. if you choose to. I think it can be a choice. If you go into it with an attitude to enjoy the failure and enjoy the problem-solving that comes from the failure, yeah. then it doesn't have to be a struggle ever.
0: The role of fun is one of the biggest things because the role of fun means that I can, I can get hit by the snowball, I can fall down and it's just a blast, watch yeah. me get up and do it again. So that there's a, a genuine embracing not only of the successes but of the... George Leonard calls them the plateaus, and it's this love of the, mm-hmm. the, the process and the love of the long periods of doing it. The, t- the 10,000 hour thing that Malcolm Gladwell made so popular about 10 years ago. Uh, whatever your opinion about it is, when he uh, came out with this uh, or, or made popular this uh, research in a music school, I think it was in Germany, uh, about what makes people great and it's 10,000 hours. Of having consciously and deliberately practiced. Well, whatever. When the 10,000 hours thing came out, there were a number of people saying, 10,000 hours? (laughs) Oh man, I didn't know it was gonna take that long. But then there's always gonna be a few who say, only 10,000? I wish it was 20,000 because I want to spend 20 years getting good at this and that is the mindset. That means that you're gonna you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it even if you uh, If you don't see results because you love the Process and you're more likely to see results that way
1: Okay, so Raphael fell in love with drawing Mm -hmm. he got married and then he found out he was
0: pregnant (laughs) Well, yeah, you know if you're gonna choose analogies. What a drama (laughs) There there's no better there is no better analogy for creativity that I know of than pregnancy, than yeah. uh, sex, pregnancy, childbirth and the whole thing. I mean, it's figure. It's a creative yeah. act in, a, in as genuine a sense as it can be and it's universal and it's problematic. So there's a lot I think to be learned from it.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't wait to meet his baby.
0: Yeah. So, um,
1: so keep going make sure you deliver a healthy human being. So voicemails guys, call in, the number is in the description, ask us a voicemail, no, ask us a question in your voicemail <laughs> and uh, we might get to it. We're getting a lot of them. That's good. So if you called in on one of the early episodes, you were pre- it was pretty likely you were going to get an answer but now it's too late. So, Charlie, play us a voicemail. Hi, my question for you guys is, in a painting, what's more important, the craft, the actual skill of the painting, or the emotion that the viewer receives from it? Thank you. I have a short answer. I do too. Um, For me, it's the craft, but I, (laughs) I know that that's almost like judging a book by its cover or judging a woman by her body. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. I don't know. It's like, it's just kind of the surface. It doesn't have any meaning. But I really enjoy the aesthetic, the uh, the appearance of a, of a painting. Um, and when it's executed really well, I really enjoy looking at it. Just It doesn't even have to be anything. It could be an abstract painting with really well-designed Uh, shapes and texture and um, the composition could be cool and I could just look at these shapes and the way they go into other shapes and I could just enjoy looking at that. Um, I don't have to have a meaning behind it or I don't have to feel some kind of emotion that the artist tried to make me feel. I just feel good looking at something that looks good. Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of emotional. So, I guess either way,
0: It's an emotional thing. Well, I feel that way too about some craft that it's just so, John Singer Sargent's craft alone is so impressive that even if you didn't care about the people that he was painting or the landscapes, it's just, it's so amazing. And when it it comes to dry point, you know, pencil drawings, I think the most amazing accomplishment in the history of art with pencil drawings has been uh, W. Ellenberger, the guy who did the anatomy book that he spent decades on, uh, the animal anatomy book from about a hundred and some years ago, the one that Liondecker would have studied from. Those pencil drawings are beyond belief. I could keep going back to them just to look at all of this sumptuous yeah. detail in them. But if you're going to make me choose, I wondered, first of all, why would you wanna, want anybody to choose between this? What's behind the yeah. question? I mean, it's, you're, you're doing a Sophie's Choice thing. Which child do you want to sacrifice? Yeah. I don't want to sacrifice like either one of them, yeah. yeah. And I think a better way to look at it is that craft is the vehicle for emotion. Craft is a means to an end and ultimately in the end of art, I think, is that it should evoke emotion. It it should elicit emotion and and open people's eyes and give them Let's just play along. Okay. He's making you choose. That's the question, Marshall. So I have...
1: You have to choose. I know that it's not binary. Yeah. This or this. It's not. You can't. But. He's making you imagine in a world where it's this or this. Which one would you choose?
0: What would you choose to you lose your heart or your lungs? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what he's asking. Uh, yeah, I wonder why. What's behind this question? No, you said that already. <laughs> you, you may have. you really said to weasel your way out of money, this one, Marshall.
1: answer. You have to answer, Marshall.
0: Which one is more important to you? I, mean, I have to choose. Whether you have I want to lose. choose. Which, choose my poison. Yeah. Since you chose craft... No, come on! <laughs> I, you should have gone yeah. first. Yeah, I think I would choose emotion and here on this Even basis... Even if I didn't choose craft? No, if I, you had chose emotion, I would have chosen craft. I would have felt oh, like Jesus. if you're gonna get on that side of the boat, I need to get onto the other side of the boat He's so we can have Why can't we
1: be on the same boat together, Marshall? Because... I like being with you. And you just have to like sail away from me all the time.
0: We'll just bring somebody else that will take another point of view altogether different than both of us and we will react by connecting on craft. How am I doing? Am I weaseling out of it okay? I feel like you're breaking up with me. I'm I'm miserable. (laughs) That's it. That's the end of the podcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Podcast over. (laughs) We're getting a divorce. There may be a legitimate concern behind this question. I don't know what it is. We don't know. He's not here. Yeah. Yeah. So, if if there was a legitimate concern, okay, I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose emotion on this basis. Okay. Having listened for many hours to baby talk and childhood (laughs) and being so amazed and charmed by it, I would say, yeah, I'll go for the emotion over. Okay. Okay. Cool. All
1: right. Well, I am not as excited anymore to ask you this. But I have to because it's part of the podcast.
0: What's your thing? Okay, uh, here's what I'm going to do for... I I wasn't planning this, but because of Raphael's question. Okay. There's a a movie from 1994 that I think is one of the two best comedies of the 90s. Uh, It's called Bullets Over Broadway. In it, John Cusack plays a playwright in the 1920s who wants to direct his own play on Broadway and runs into trouble. Now, if you look it up on Wikipedia and you read the plot points, you will not get out of this. I've seen this movie about 30 times. I used to show it every semester at the beginning of my visual storytelling classes. It's, it's a good comedy for one thing but the other thing is that David Shane, this character seeking to be the playwright and director has a lot of lessons for artists. And, uh, and the plot, you would never guess where the plot's going to go. That's why I say, just don't... Don't, don't tell us where. Yeah, um, don't. Just, just start it, find it, don't read anything about it, start it and see what you think. I, I, I love the movie enough to where when I'd seen it 22, 23, 24 times, I was thinking, do I want to watch this again with students? And every time I do, it doesn't take me five minutes before I am in and I know the whole thing by memory, but I can write it like music. So, uh, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm bringing it up because I think it's appropriate. Okay. What's going your thing? flow today, aren't oh, you? No, I'm show? sorry, sorry. What's your thing?
1: What's my thang? Um, well, today's thang, um, I got a gift from one of my favorite pencil manufacturers. And I so, I was going to make guess. it my thang. Yeah. Blackwing, which I've been using for a few years
0: now, sent me a package. Well, do you have the package here?
1: It's right here. Well, why
0: don't you open that package so that everyone can see it? Okay.
1: Well, I should I? Have... What a surprise. Well, unfortunately, half of, or you know, some people can't see it. They're listening. Oh, that's right. I'm just going to describe it. it. You're not missing out if you can't see that, it. Just that sound They're, alone. P- the pencils, have you ever used the Blackwing pencil? Yes, I have. Yeah. What does it say in the back of my shirt, marker
0: It says, half the pressure,
1: twice the speed. Yeah. That's the slogan for a black wing pencil.
0: Do you know their story? It, does it go back to Chuck Jones and... Yeah.
1: Yes. I'll let you tell it. Okay, so Chuck Jones and who's the writer? American writer. Who's the writer? Hemingway? Yes! Did, was that a wild guess?
0: No, I, I kind of knew.
1: Oh, you knew the story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so Chuck Jones and Hemingway. Wait, is it Hemingway? Was it Let's just pretend <laughs> it's That's Hemingway it and then you guys can correct me in the <laughs> comments and boost our video by commenting a lot. Um, they swore by these, um, and then in the 90s they went out of business because their the machine that made them broke and then I guess they only, only had one machine. <laughs> and it was too expensive to get a new one so they just like went out of business, Yeah, Tacky right? reason, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know how long ago, I, I, I don't know how long ago, but recently, I think it's Palomino, mm-hmm. Palatino, Pal, Palomino. But in the last 10 years. I, maybe yeah. even more recent than that. Looks like it was John Steinbeck. Steinbeck, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. Steinbeck. Steinbeck. Okay. Steinbeck okay. Not wow. uh, they bought the rights to this and then they brought it back. So these pencils are the, the same. So there's four types. They're basically graphite pencils. What are the four types? The four types are hard, (laughs) soft, medium. So what they call them are extra firm, firm, balanced, and soft. Extra firm, firm, balanced? Balanced. And soft, okay. And soft. The original pencil, the one that is the famous one that everyone likes, is the firm one. It's the gray one. It's the Blackwing 602. Okay. That's the famous one. These other three, they were made by Palomino after they, they got it. They okay. Basically they made a softer version, a firmer version and like an in-between those. You know, because graphite has like H, you know, 6H, HB to 6B, you know, that, that, that whole range. Uh-huh. And so for artists, uh, you want to have a little bit of that range. And so the soft is more like a 4B, uh-huh. I think, and then I forgot which one, I think the Balanced, or the firm is like an HB, and then there's everything in between. Um, So you got a whole collection of them. Yeah. They sent me four boxes. That's very nice. They also sent me the shirt that I'm wearing. Oh. Um, A point guard. So you put it on the tip so that the tip of the pencil doesn't break when you're traveling. Oh, okay. A sharpener. I like their sharpeners a lot. Yeah. They make the points a little bit longer than the than a tradition than tradition just a little bit um, but i like that okay um some sketchbooks wow three sizes of sketchbook i i've never used their sketchbooks okay i bet you will they sent me some stickers wow oh, wow a pencil box stan you're lying oh my god so exciting and some uh, eraser refills. I love these eraser refills. They pop right out and then there's this metal piece that keeps it compressed and then you put a new eraser in. Don't you hate it when then like you have a regular number two pencil and then the eraser dies like when just by using it for like a few days and then you still have most of the graphite still left but no eraser on it? Well, these erasers come right out and you put a new one in. If I had one
0: of those erasers, I wouldn't have to hate anymore.
1: You want one of these boxes? Oh! I already have a, several boxes of these. Oh, well, yeah, if you're sharing. <laughs>
0: yeah, take a box, Marshall. Oh, great.
1: Take a box, take a refill. Okay, wow! Okay, Yeah. T- so here. Catch. black it.
0: Whoa!
1: <laughs> Just kidding. Impale. <laughs> I was about to throw a pencil into Marshall's eyeball. No competition!
0: Alright, that's it, I'm done. Well, that's exciting. They are not sponsors. They are not sponsored. They're not sponsoring. This is, this is a plug out of sheer Yeah, love they sent
1: me the this product. and I actually do really like these. Mm-hmm. But You're Blackwing, welcome. if you want a sponsor... Yeah, Blackwing. <laughs> if you want to pay for this. <laughs> no, they don't need to. I really do like Blackwings.
0: I know. Okay. Yeah. So, what should people put in the comments? Um, any advice for Raphael. Or any of you who are older and or masters. People who have, you've got your craft together, you've made your living with it presumably or even if not, you just do your, your best work as an amateur. If you have encouraging stories to tell Raphael that it took longer than people thought it did, uh, write him a paragraph. Isn't that what I said? Yeah, that's exactly What, you what a jerk!
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Stan, what should people comment? And then I answer, and you're like, or
0: even better. And then you just repeated what I said. Well, <laughs> I thought that I was appealing to the older people who are the ones that are over 30 that have sure. got their mastery. I was thinking that I was making it specific for the younger people. We could see you were more specific a, a lonely hearts club. You improved. Uh, yeah, life. we are going to get there. Well, okay. Does that mean we're done?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. All right, guys. Um, Leave a five-star review and if you want to sponsor this episode, <clears throat> Blackwing, yeah. um, contact support at proker.com. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. See Hear you next time. <laughs> See you. No, hear you. Hear wow, you. Wow. What an awkward. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I love that.